It was actually, I was actually getting a hold of it, but you'd watch the car and it, the, the front is doing this, the back is doing this, it's flopping all over the place. And the, the guy that was making the commentary over the end of this is, that thing really needs a set of shocks. <laughs> and and uh, no truer words were ever spoken. Yeah. 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 So probably th- some breaks. There's really the emphasis on that whole thing. <laughs> Even if the thing is undersprung, a shock can make a can huge yes. difference. I mean, yes. tires, obviously, number one, yes. but, but right there on the number list is number two is, is, is a set of shocks. Yeah. Hey, welcome to Car Guy Confessions, brought to you by ARP. I'm Jeff Smith. This is my car buddy, Cam Bensey, and car builder, Steve Strope, and we're going to tell you some stories. Welcome to another episode of Car Guy Confessions with Jeff Smith. We are, we're at a new, a new undisclosed location. Actually, it's not undisclosed. We're at the Grand National Roadster Show, Cam Bensey, yes. and we have a guest here, Gary Nelson, uh, from Alden Shocks. We're going to get into that in a second, but uh, we thought we'd tell you a little bit about where we are. So we thought we'd come out here to the Grand National Roaster Show, and our friends from the Roaster Show were kind enough to give us a little, a little cubby hole to, to shoot from, yes. and uh, we're just going to bring a bunch of friends in. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you see some, ex- if you hear some exterior things, we really don't have any control over that. <laughs> Here's some nitro light up on right, somebody's car, right. all that stuff, or, or the band. I'm, I'm hearing band. maybe a band. Right. So are you playing? Yeah. Are you playing? Yeah. Not, not playing today. Not playing today. Not playing yeah. Today. Okay. No, not playing. But today. Uh, you know the, the beauty of <laughs> that's of a com- good thing. Ex- that's that, a good that's, thing. You can beat on the table. So anyway. <laughs> But uh, the the beauty of coming to the Grand National Roaster Show is all the guys are here, and we're going to be catching yes. all these guys, and we save airfare. Yeah, to do that. Yeah. And and your and, airfare, and I'm airfare <laughs> because uh, um, I guess we can talk about this. Now. Yeah, it's we, I think we brought so, it up uh, once, but sure. I absolutely. no longer live in Southern California after forty some odd years of of enjoying the spectacular weather. Uh, my granddaughter is seven years old, and I thought I need to be with her. So I've yeah. I've shipped lops, lock, stock, and 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 uh, wrist pin back to uh, back to Iowa. So much nicer here than it is That's back right. there right now. I think it's like I think it's in the teens or so yeah. um, oh, but uh, we had a spate of of minus five minus seven with about yeah. 20 mile an hour wind i just didn't go outside sorry yeah. I'm not going out there yeah. but uh, uh yeah it's going to take a little getting used to but uh, so this is a nice little respite yeah. from that well and the beauty then, of it is that you are with your family i mean that's yes. that's an awesome deal yes. i mean and that's, that, I, that's I, so, I totally get that so right so and now, how much now how much the, weight did you ship did you ever get a total? Yes. I, we kept <laughs> actually kept track of it because we were limited by weight, not by volume, but by weight. So we did keep track of it. You don't count the cars, the eight cars I shipped or drove back, right. and don't count the, uh, the, the engine hoist or the car hoist, rather, and you don't count the house stuff. It was 26,000 pounds, uh, which is light. And, and literally my uh, uh, Lenny Emanuelson, uh, uh, Jim Webb, um, uh, a couple other friends really helped with this stuff. But my son was, was uh, you know, he's, he's the brute squad. Right? And so he and his girlfriend came out in January and, or July and helped me move in the middle of the heat, hottest part of the summer, of course. Right. And uh, so we moved that stuff. And it was, I, know, I don't want to do that again. That right. was just awful. That was just terrible. Right. So hey, unloading was really easy. Loading awesome. was really painful. Awesome. So. Hey, I'd like to know how the show's going to go. Can you ask the magic eight ball as to uh, this, what Yes, we have a new addition, you That's know. Right. So, I, 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 you know, it's been That's probably 50, 60 years <laughs> since I've played with this. So, okay. Can you read it? Uh, you got to hold it completely flat. Hold okay. flat. Okay. See, that's how little I know about it. It says, uh, don't count on it. <laughs> so that'll set the tone for right to Gary. there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, let's just get right into it. So, Gary's our guest today, and uh, let's talk a little bit about shock, shall we? All right. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. This is yeah. a lot of fun. Gary, Gary works for? Alden American. Alden American. Alden American. I've right. been involved with Alden American for about five or six years now. Uh, it's been through a couple of owners since 1981, and Garrett purchased the company from the previous owner about seven years ago now, yeah. six or seven years ago. And we've okay. collectively, between the people uh, involved with it, have uh, resurrected it and brought it back uh, to the forefront. Right. Uh, we still manufacture right here in Southern California. We moved to a new location in uh, last April. That's so in Long Beach? Long Beach? Long, right next nice. to Long Beach. Very nice. And uh, it's a huge facility, and we're still making, we're building the shocks in-house. It's nice. still an American-made product. That's, right. That's excellent. That's, I, yeah. I, met, I met Gary through our friend Jim Losey, who's gone yes. through a yes. very tough time right now. Yes, Gary, yes. I, I met your dad. Yep. 
So, so that goes back to HO Racing, doesn't it? I, re- I actually remember meeting you with Jim Losey when you brought the Z28 the Camaro Z28. down to Glen Hill and Chevrolet. So, so <laughs> as a sidebar, just real quickly, Jim Losey, we, um, this is a crazy story that I guess we should tell at some point. Yeah. I'll shorten it way up here. Right. But my wife at the time, we moved to California 79, went to work for Carcraft Magazine. She needed a car. So... And she wanted a Mustang. Uh, I just wasn't interested in a Mustang. So <laughs> no, I showed her, no. I showed GM her guy really true. crappy Mustangs. And yeah. I said, hey, I found this Camaro. And guess what? It's right around the corner. Yeah. You know. So I showed her this car. We bought the car. And then over a period of time, started to realize that um, th- this was a weird little car. It, it had a quadrajet with a cast iron intake yep. and a power glide, but it had chrome valve covers. And it was a 302 motor because the, the numbers came up yeah, 302. It Z- it's like, right, well, the, the only way yeah. a 302 was ever done in 67 was a Z28. Right. So very over a long period of time, I finally ran into Jim, Jim Losey, and he was working at Glen Hill Chevrolet yep. down by the beach, and we drove it down there one night, and we took it apart until finally, uh, basically, we saw the car had been repainted, so the stripes were gone, and in 67, there's no emblems. Correct. And he just, we raised the deck lid up, and there you could see the stripes laid over, and then later, one of the other Camaro, a U.S. Camaro Club or somebody decoded it, you know, for the Caltech yep. to kind of reaffirm it. But, uh, yeah, Jim was the one who said, oh, my God, this is a Z28. A 60, 60, 67, 67 Z28. 602 made. Yep. So yes. very, so very, very, very I had this very car valuable. up until literally about six months ago. Yeah. And then shipped it back to Iowa, and then a good friend, John Viegas, said, hey, you still got that Z28? And it's like, well, yeah, but I moved it back to Iowa. And he goes, I want to buy it. So it's like, okay. So you moved <laughs> it to Iowa and, and brought it back. And then turned around yeah. and shipped yeah. it right there back here. Go. So John is in the process of worrying, which was the whole point. You know, I, yeah. my deal was, I, 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 you know, I'm trying to finish my high school car. And I figure I'm, I'm 67 years old. I'm as old as a dinosaur. And it's like, I got one good build left in yeah. me. And so let me finish yeah. that car. And the Z28 needs to go to a good home, someone who really cares about Camaros. And John is, John is that guy. So, right. so yeah. But, but Losey was the man. Right. Losey was, was the man. man. And Jim, Jim's been going through a bunch of stuff lately his house burned down on january yeah. 2nd of 2022 in texas right in texas, in texas. he's in san antonio yeah. I'm, i have visited him uh, you, there yeah I've, every every okay. year i've seen yeah. him so I, I go back and visit him a couple of times Do you? yeah uh, just, talk to him on the phone all the time. Just a super right. guy. He was yeah. actually yeah. a tech guy at CarCraft for a while. And he was, yeah, I brought and him on. I brought, brought him, him on. He, he yeah. hired him at PHR. Yeah. Yep. yeah. We didn't get along all that well initially. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like me because I, I sold a 69Z28 with a cross ram on it. And I jacked the prices up. It was nine grand. Yep. So, so anyway, so that was back in that era. But uh, the bottom line is that... Um, Jim, I brought Jim on after Tom Center left because yep. he was really. I needed a tech guy, so it was Van Toom, myself, Pete Pastere, and Pistere, uh, yeah. and then Losi came on, and uh, so it was it was a good group. I mean, was, we really yeah. had a, we had a really good group. Doug Marion, there you go. Yeah. Right, so, but anyway, so uh, Jim, uh, and then Jim had another uh, mishap that he uh, broke his ankle, and yep. he's going through that, and that's going to be a long rehab. So, Jim. We're thinking of you. We yep. love you, buddy. Uh, yeah, and and especially now, get better because he is he he's still kicking. Yeah, because yep. We'll, yep. we'll do this later. But we've lost a couple of friends here in the yes. last few weeks. Marlon Davis, and yep. then just this week was Ed Taylor yes. to COVID. Right, and uh, it's it's heartbreaking. It really is. Um, right. But. Let's not do that right let's now. Let's right. not go negative. Yeah, let's not, let's you know, go positive. We'll stay positive. positive. So, yeah. Positive so. camber? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Segway into suspension there, discussions. There, there we go. Very good. Very like that. good. Very good. good. There you go. Anyway, but, but Gary's I, been working with them, and he's, yeah. he's got a lot of history. He has yeah. a tremendous I, history. I spent 10 years working for Dick Gullstrand back in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, had a lot of fun there. Learned a lot of stuff. Uh, kind of, when I say you, things change and... Uh, I kind of went off and ultimately ended up at uh, Edelbrock for 10 years and started the suspension division. Right. Uh, that was like a whole new endeavor for uh, Vic Edelbrock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really, in- it was an interesting, back to our Jim Losey friend. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I got a phone call from Jim Losey and he says, Vic Edelbrock wants to talk to you. And uh, right. he, he had heard uh, through the grapevine that I was uh, into doing suspension stuff. And he said that was the direction he wanted to go. And he wanted to start a suspension division. So it was kind of interesting walking into Vic's, you know, his office with absolutely no idea what he wanted, other than he wanted to talk to me. Going back to Jim, he says, Vic wants to talk to you, and he wants to talk to you now. So okay. I went down and Come on down. <laughs> spent an hour and a half with him. It was a Friday night, about 7 o'clock at night. He stayed late. 
uh, which I later found out was not a common occurrence. Wow. It also wasn't a common occurrence that he hired people himself. You know, it wasn't like went through a, a screening process and, you know, so I was, you know, started the suspension division. Uh, I went on and then was actually the first one hired when I says I was already there, but the shock program. So I was doing shock absorbers for Edelbrock and then pretty much as that cycled through and times changed, uh, the shock division came to an end and I went to work for a uh, guy that had a car collection with about, you know, 50 or so cars. Wow. And yep. maintained the collection. Yep. Uh, there was a few of us involved. We were building cars yeah. and having a lot of fun. Right. And like a lot of collectors and stuff, you know, priorities change. And I went change from it. there. Right. And they, they a, didn't they have the Stonewoods cook? Or did you just have the hood? Just the hood, the front end. The front, the <laughs> just front, the front the clip. The, there you go. From the original If you can't car. have it all, just car, get right. the hood wow. and the nose. There yeah. you go. Perfect. Pebble, pulp, and chef. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but I went from there to, uh, there was a couple of jobs in between. I worked for an advertising company and, and did a couple of projects with them, uh, all automotive related. And then uh, <clears throat> I ran into Garrett and he uh, decided that I needed to come work for him and, you know, kind of help him get the, uh, the Alden brand back out and uh, make it work. Yeah, that's so, been a good fit. Yeah, really good. It's been fit. a good yeah. fit. It's a great yeah. company. Yeah. Uh, when we started out, um, it was real early in him owning the, you know, owning the company. He, he came from Peterson, did he not? I mean, that's where he was. He, he was, was, a, he was an for, ad guy. Yeah, he was an ad guy. Ad guy. Really? Did you know that? Yeah, I absolutely. did not know he was that. An ad wow. guy yeah. at uh, at uh, ten, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. ten or I, I somewhere, think it was 10. somewhere in there. Ten. Okay. Yeah. So okay. he was at ten, and so he, he did uh, he did advertising, and I think he called on Al. Yeah, Alden. he went out on a on a cold so, call to try to sell him some ads. Yeah, and bought the and company. And bought the company. <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> Kelly, who was the previous owner and had had owned the company for a long time. Uh, he was kind of, he had made it through the recession, uh, which that kind of dates when it was going on. Right. But at the other end of the recession, he was ready to retire. He wasn't looking to resurrect a, you know, do a product again. line yeah. and, and right. put the time and the effort that it take, took to do it. And he saw Garrett and he said, oh, I, I got this young kid. He's ready to uh, work hard. And he says, passed it off to yeah. him. and. Right. You know, Garrett has put a great team together. Uh, when when I started there, I think there was four there was four or five of us working for uh, Alden, uh -huh. and there's like 25 people now. Wow, so wow, that's great. I, so it's been a huge great. growth. Yeah, um, we developed uh, products that were uh, direct fit because prior to that. It was coilover shocks that were designed to be put on like your 32 Ford chassis. Right, right. Um, more, of a, were, more of like for the guys out here. The like guys the that guys are at the out here at the shop. Grand National And they're beautiful. Show. They're absolutely gorgeous. And no question. I get it. I, one of the things I came along and I said, hey, we can make a Mustang kit. So we made a bolt-on Mustang kit. We can make a Chevelle kit. Mm -hmm. Like Jeff here. Yeah. yeah. I'm a Chevelle guy. I've got, <laughs> I've a, got a few. <laughs> um, I, I've well, that goes all the way back to HO Racing when you guys did the first. Marlon Davis did the story. Yep. With you. I'll, I'll remember it forever. It was called Knuckle Sandwich. Yep. And it was all about putting an F car yep. or a B body spindle B -body. on an A body car. Yep. And and that really transformed those yes, cars. It, it did, really that did. really did. Yeah. yeah. And I was doing that. And I, I like I said, that was the Gulfstrand era. Mm -hmm. So that was the 80s. Yep. And that was kind of. The, the very beginning of suspension stuff yep. because yep. we were getting away from three and a half inch wide Kregers on a jacked up suspension and calling it cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. right. And we were starting to, you know, put tires, you know, and, you know, look at going around corners. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, Goldstrand was an awesome guy. I mean, we had some really amazing stuff. He was way ahead of his time. Him and he Herb was. Adams, I did yep. a story for Hot Rod yep. in yep. 80, 80, probably yep. 80. And so in he fact, was great. Hot Rod did that series. It was before yes. I, I went there, but the right. where it was Gulfstrands because there were two different suspension approaches, Correct. right? There yeah. was Correct. the it was the the heavy spring, 
and the light sway bar. Yeah. Correct. And then there was the light spring and the giant sway bar, which right. was the Herb Adams That's approach. Correct. Right. And, and I wrote the story. I wrote it with, you know, who wrote the you? other side? Uh-huh. Marlon. Marlon? Marlon okay. Davis. There you go. Tip of the hat yeah. to Marlon. It's there a you very go. small circle. Very small it's world. It's a very small, small, small yes. Yeah. Yep. And then I yep. bought the Camaro that had the Goldstrand stuff on it. Yep. Did you, Do you remember that car? Yep. Yeah. That was an awesome car. That, that was, was a second gen, wasn't it? It was a second, it was a 72 Z28. It was very, you know, very limited production because of the strike and right. the whole bit. Right. But it had all the Goldstrand stuff. Yep. Had a Traco motor on it. Yep. Wow, it was Traco awesome motor. with a Doug wow. Nash five speed, had all the stuff, an AccuSump on it, all this stuff. And then uh, I bought it and three days later I put it off a of canyon. That was, oh, that, oh, that was our right. canyon story. Yes, so there canyon story. But that was an awesome. Company. So to that put that car. in perspective, and when he says Traco motor, that's that's Travis and Kuhn. And they yep. did a lot. They they were building they engines built for Trans Am for Penske. So yes. that kind of puts you in perspective. Because they were at one time, they were next door yes. to, to Gulfstream. Well, they were when I saw them. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah down there. Next door. I, yeah. I remember we went to go, we went to Willow. To do that story, mm-hmm. were you there? You weren't there no, at that I time. No, I just before just before I started day. working for Goldstrand. But, but we went okay. out there. We went out there in the car. It was one of those deals. Where just an uh, an unbelievable day. It was Goldstrand and Adams, and then Dan Gurney showed up, and Dan Gurney really? was in kind of a basic Camaro. And he lapped them both. <laughs> <laughs> or, or passed them both. He passed, passed them both. Right, they right. have a crappy car. Yeah. But it was well, just an and, awesome and deal. And that puts it all in perspective, too, because if you've got a really good driver, it you was, know, that's worth was, so, so much. But, but yeah. that Camaro, I fell in love with that Camaro, even though it was the competition, because I did yep. the Herb Adams stuff, and, and uh, Marlon did the Gulfstrand stuff. But it was one of those deals where Leonard, Leonard Emanuelson is sitting there. He's the editor of Hot Rod at the time. And he listens to the car going around Willow, and he goes, that is is a damn awesome motor. <laughs> that I don't know what's in there, but that is an unbelievable. And then I bought it. You know how much I paid for it? No, three grand. Oh, with man. all the all the goodies on it, all the stuff, everything. On it. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so wow. I digress. But anyway, but who ended up with the car after you? Uh, Losi Leonard. Um, uh, it just passed around. It became. Yeah. It became. They called it because uh, it was orange. Mm-hmm. It was called Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So one of the things I like to do is always assemble an engine with ARP bolts, and it's not just because they're sponsors, but because it really does work. Um, and and the stuff is fantastic. I never have to worry about it. Steve, you build building cars too. Yeah, uh, actually, it's part of my baseline design plan when I'm building a car that's going to be shown or featured in a magazine. It's part of the plan to have that little bit of diamonds all over the engine bay or in the suspension. Yeah, Yeah, the stuff is beautiful. I remember uh, a long time ago I built the first time I ever touched it, 69Z28. All of the uh, water jacket holes had stripped out, and I learned about ARP studs. So check them out at ARP-bolts.com or check out their catalog. You'll find everything you're looking for. The, the engine, when you were saying the engine in it, my recollection of the stories, which of course can be a little fuzzy yeah. because it's been, it's been 40 years 40 ago. 40 years, yes. Was that, yes. that Traco was building, building the IROC series engines. They were. And supposedly, my recollection was that that was built to the same spec that yeah. the IROC Correct. Race engines were wow. built yeah. for the wow. It was Very just cool. awesome. And it, yeah. ran on, it ran on pump gas. Of course, it was 94 octane back yeah. then. But, yeah. but anyway, let's get back to uh, yeah. Alden American because that's, a, that's yeah. a critical piece here where we're trying to uh, talk about what they're doing. So yeah. w- resciencing their systems, you obviously were critical to that critical, whole deal. Yeah. So, so you took them. Now you're going to put them on streetcars. We're putting them on. Like I said, we took it. And from like the 32 Ford, Model A Ford uh, style chassis, uh, went along and figured out how how can we repackage by building brackets and of course being a Chevelle guy, I pulled one of my Chevelles out. It's a '69 small block four speed car. Yeah, yeah. I've had the car since '84. Uh, ah. I actually uh, worked on it and we did some development for some parts at Gulfstrand in the '80s. Mm-hmm. So it's been used as a development car. I developed stuff at Edelbrock on it. It's been a mule for so a long time. So it's been a mule. It's been a mule. <laughs> right. And uh, brought the car out. It had been sitting in the garage under a cover for probably 15 years and uh, designed and developed and, and a coilover kit. So it's the uh, hybrid style in the front where it's got the uh, coil that fits in the upper spring pocket. In the spring pocket then tapers down. And then tapers down and right. there's a coilover. You did the chassis mm-hmm. for your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did the yeah, yeah. We did a little Jeff Smith's garage video. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And in the rear, it was a matter of building a couple of brackets and supporting the uh, the coilover at the top, supporting it on the bottom. Yeah. And it's a completely bolt-in kit. Yes, easy it to was, install. and it was very easy to install. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And 
like all the brackets and all the pieces in it, it's American made. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is a very, very important. Very days. important. Yeah. It has been and, and, and it's never more. And that's that brings to another thing. The American made side of it is currently in our state of the economy and the state of the country and stuff, there's so many companies that stuff is sitting on a boat somewhere. Yeah. And right. uh, whether it's Target or it's Walmart or whatever, it's sitting on a boat somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we, during the, the beginning stages of the pandemic, uh, people were staying home. People were working on hot rods. Stuff is going out the door. Yes. And we were really surprised at the growth we saw in 20 yeah. from 19. Yep, yep. And we had already ramped up inventory levels and production. And so come the middle of 20, of, of 20 we're like doubling our projected <laughs> purchase orders. Wow. Uh, springs. I mean, right now in the warehouse, we've got huge amount of coil springs because mm-hmm. they were so hard to come by. Okay. Right. We just kept saying, buy, buy, buy. And they're saying, we can't ship. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're putting POs in. We're going to put POs in for June. Yeah. We're going to put them in for July. To get in line. To get, to in, get line. in line. Yep. yep. Well, and well, so, so all those folks out there that are dying to get their whatever manufacturer springs, they've got product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good. Good. Call yeah. them up. Call them which, up. This which stuff is, is a really good. situation is because unique, is yeah. not is. necessarily the case across no. the board because no. I got a lot of friends that are just tearing their hair out. I can't. I right. can't buy a crankshaft. I can't right. get this. I can't get connecting part. rods. You know, it's, right. it's tough. Yep. Yeah. And it's, so that's like our machine parts. We don't actually machine the parts in-house because we looked at in doing the cost analysis and the amount of equipment it would take to do all the different pieces. We continued with how it was done prior where it's assembled in-house, but we go to machine shops that specialize in making parts. It's for you. It's for me. Let me I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Right. <laughs> that, that specialize in doing lathe work, specialize in doing mill work, uh-huh. um, and bring the stuff into our into our house and do the assembly. So it's you know we 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 do it that way because right. it makes sense. Right. We can't justify having three CNC mills that only run three hours a day. Right. Right. Especially as expensive those things are. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. So That's by doing that, keeping everything local, we can we can drive over and pick parts up if we run into a situation of needing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which was one of the things that we were really one of our machine shops is only a couple of miles, and in twenty we were there probably three times a week picking stuff up just to keep up with the demand. Yeah, yeah. And well, that's good. Right now, when I say believe it or not, it is kind of crazy, but. Most of our products go out the door in 24 to 48 hours. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. You How know? many people can say that? No. Yeah. no uh, yeah. Nobody right now. Yeah. Yeah. I would really say, I mean, I shouldn't say nobody. And, and then from the, sh- from the shock standpoint, you're doing both single adjustable and double We're adjustable, We're doing right? single adjustable and double adjustable. We just came out. It was released at SEMA, and it's a new product for us. Uh, we're starting, you know, I say we're starting to fill orders is a double adjustable stem style for the front of like the Chevelles. Okay, nice. Uh, that's, a, that's a brand new product. So what we did is the basic technology we were doing for the upper loop, lower loop style shock. We used the same piston and the same adjustment style. We just changed it and put a stem on the top and designed a clicker and, and so on to make it work. It's nice. more, a little more convenient that it's way. It's a little more yeah. convenient. Very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, right. so let's, let's just kind of define what we're talking about here. So single adjustable would be just one adjustment for that would combine compression. Compression. compression and rebound. And, rebound. Right. and then a double adjustable that separates them. Separates which is them. actually, if you're, right. you're going to go autocross racing or Correct. track racing, stuff like that, that's really advantageous because Correct. a lot of right. times... A lot of times you'll find you need to go in opposite directions, and, you, and with a single adjustable, that's just not possible. Right. Correct. Well, like, yeah. like the, the, the one is a shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> and, the other exactly. one, and the other one is shampoo, and then the conditioner's in a different bottle. Exactly. So there you go. So if you needed to know. That, only you that, would come did up that, with that, that analogy. Did I, break, did I break that out good enough? I'm trying to, you know, I go to the simplest uh, common denominators. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, there you go. But you got to throw a splash of mustard in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there you go. <laughs> Just came to me. But know? it but it's fun because yeah. for guys who are a little bit you know want to get into autocross Correct. racing things like that right. that uh, very very quickly on I learned that wow you got to separate these now and there's even crazier stuff than that in terms You're of right. high speed low speeds things like that right. which you can get four pos- four easily. adjustments you can get bypasses. A lot of the off-road guys are using multiple bypasses right. uh, with external tubes on the outside yeah. of the Reser- shock. Right. Yeah. Reservoirs, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very smart. And with the, all your stuff that I've seen is in a polished aluminum case. I mean, right, so it's a machine. We either do – there, we do three finishes. Our standard finish is it's a machined finish aluminum, billet aluminum style. And then we also do a polished aluminum, which is not – the, the polished aluminum hot rod market has, has kind of gone away a little bit, so mm-hmm. we don't do as much as we used to. Mm-hmm. And the other one that I really like is we do a black anodized. It's the yeah. regulator. Those are beautiful. Yeah. 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 And the black anodized with the black spring is very stealth-like. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. in the hot rod, if you've got a car that's a little bit black, but you want a little bit of shine, the chrome spring against the black really looks that would good. Be nice. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I got to tell you, I did the Chevelle uh, mm-hmm. build with you and the '67 Mustang deal, and and I, and I was very impressed. I mean, yeah. the product is really good. So a lot, and obviously we did the stuff with your Chevelle. That yeah. was all very yeah. cool. Yeah. And by, by the way, the the two cars that you put them on, yes, uh, your shocks were the only good thing on those cars. <laughs> <laughs> These were some rugged builds. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, one of those deals where like you know the uh, the rack and pinion on that they had put on to the the Mustang yep. at one point, uh, like no boots, no yeah. boots, and you okay. know, it's all full yeah. of crud, and yeah. it's like, you know, they, they were was a well seasoned car. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. I, I think it might be worthwhile to talk a little bit about that too, in terms of like shock valving versus mm-hmm. spring rate, because a lot of people, and I've learned this kind of over the years with my Chevelle, that I can run a ridiculously high spring rate in the front because they need them because Correct. the engine hangs out over the front of the axle. Um, and people tend to think that high, really excessive high spring rates make the thing ride like a dump truck. Right. But the reality is it's more shock valving, correct? It's shock valving, but there's, a, there's always, between your spring rate and your shock valving, there's always a little bit of a trade-off. If mm-hmm. you've got the car you know, real low, you can't have a soft spring and keep it off of the bump stops. Right. So you right. do have to have spring rate. And going back to like when we were talking about the Herb Adams versus the Gullstrand theories, mm-hmm. Gullstrand was always high spring rate and moderate sway bars. Herb Adams was soft springs, high, you know, high, large, really huge, huge sway bars. Sway bars. Yeah. And as we found back then, they both worked. Mm-hmm. But as time has gone on, because I work for Dick Gullstrand and, and my theory comes from his teachings mm-hmm. is... I understand why you need spring rate to control the car because spring is what controls the car, holds it up, right. and can make or break how the car feels, but you have to have shock dampening to control the spring. Yeah, right. The, right. Essentially the rate of both its, its compression and extension. Right. Correct. Pe- yeah. People don't get yeah. that. That's yeah. one of the things. And, that's and one and of that's the really hardest concepts to get. Right. Yeah, because that think. really is the key to the whole thing right. in terms right. of tuning. It's not so much that you're stiffening it with the shock. You're just slowing or I- either increasing the right. rate of compression or decreasing the rate of compression right. in the terms of it right. going into the corner. For right. You know, and it goes back to, like you talk to the Europeans, and it's a damper. Yeah. Whereas we call it a shock absorber. Right. And truly, it is a damper. You're mm-hmm. dampening the spring. Right. You're using hydraulic force to dampen the spring. Yeah. I, I, I guess as, a, as an object to the thing, it's too bad I don't have any video of this thing, but a friend of mine has a 65 Corvette that was originally a small, I think it was the original small block car. He put a rat motor in this thing. Mm-hmm. And this is several <laughs> years ago. We went out to find an autocross. <laughs> and... And he said, you want to drive the car? And I go, yeah, this will be fun, right? And I thought it was a power steering car, yep. and, and it wasn't. So it was manual steering, manual drum brake, big block yep. with, you know, 200-year-old tires, <laughs> 15s. It had flared the fender walls. It was a hot rod. Yeah. And uh, I drove drum, that thing. I had, had never, drums on it? Had I've, drums on it? It had drums on it. Drum brakes. At 65? 60, this is a 64. 64. Okay, so drums. And, okay. and drum brakes, oh, my God. 
And I've, I've never been more behind a car ever in my <laughs> life where it's like, it, like my first lap, I thought, okay, I know it's going to push, right? I know yeah. it's going to understeer. Turn the corner and then essentially I did anything and boom, it, it oversteered. Right. So it'd go from, from hideous understeer to snap oversteer. And uh, it was a lot of fun to drive. And towards the end, it was actually, I was actually getting a hold of yeah. it. But you'd watch the car, and it, the, the front is doing this, the back is doing this. It's flopping all over the place. And the, the guy that was making the commentary over the end of this is, that thing really needs a set of shocks. <laughs> and and uh, no truer words were ever spoken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So probably that, some There's really the emphasis on that whole thing. <laughs> Even if the thing is undersprung, a shock can make a can huge yes. difference. I mean, right. tires obviously number one, yes. but but right there on the number list of number two is 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 a set of shocks. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yeah. Any other new products we should be aware of? Anything coming? No, up? that's that's pretty much our, our latest uh, okay. new product. You know, we're doing new applications. Uh, we've kind of uh, gone out a little bit into some of the truck market. Right. Uh, we're right now. We've got a truck in the in the shop. Uh, 2014, uh, which is a, you know, it's a long coilover shock okay. from the factory. Yeah. So we're going to build a, uh, uh, our coilover shock for that chassis. Um, and that'll kind of round off. So we do the C10s all the way up to the current style coilover cool. shock. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're not looking at the off-road market. Or the yeah. pre-runner market, we're looking at the streetcar lowered right. hot rod market yeah. on the pickup trucks. Well, I had our, a, I our had production a, guys are the C10 uh, gurus. Yes, you know, they yes. were they were at the cutting edge of what was going on. I there, had so. a, I had a '93 that John McGann now owns, but yeah. uh, that was it was a project for the and and I remember we did. Uh, because by, by Tim Moore had the other ones, we had two 93 GMCs that we had bought from Caltrans. And um, so we had two sets of suspensions, you know, and, he, and he sa I said, which one do you want? He goes, you're going to give me first choice? I go, yeah. He said, he took, he took the lowered spindle, or the drop spindle, so I took the short spring, you know, which was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> because they both lowered them the same way, but I have about three quarters of an inch of suspension travel. And poor Good. John... When he first bought the truck, I actually loaned it to him, and he right. was driving it home on the 405, and there are some sections on the 405 that are literally yep. ski ramps. Yep. And I had learned this in my truck, stay away from the fast lane right down by the 10, because yes. in the fast lane, this thing That's will bad. launch this thing yep. in the air. Well, I, I, I loaned him the truck, <laughs> and he called me, he says, oh my God, I almost crashed your truck. <laughs> I said, what happened? He goes... I, and he says, I'm going to the 405. Uh-oh, uh-oh. No, no, no. You weren't in, like, the fast lane at the section right around the 10? He goes, yeah, I was. I go, he says, I caught air. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Said, and it came down, and of course, it slammed, you know, the suspension. And, and I, yeah. oh, John, I'm really sorry. I should have told you about that. So, yeah. yeah. So there, there's, there's yeah. the other side of it where you need the suspension yep. travel. Yeah, right. it yeah. looks good lowered, but, boy, without that suspension. Yep. And I have, like. Literally, it's like three quarters of an inch now because the springs have sagged and everything else. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. But uh, he he was driving it. He came out and did a, an article with us a couple months ago. Oh, good. Oh, nice. And he was driving it. Yeah, he's done a lot with it. I yeah. you know I I I maintained it. Let's put it that way. But I drove the wheels off it. Right. Yeah. And I think it's very close to, I think it's very close to four hundred thousand wow. miles. Because when wow. I bought it in in two thousand three, it was ten years old and it had two hundred and four on it. And wow. and so so he's put close right. to between well he and I right. together have put probably close to two hundred thousand right. miles. Did we say on that it. John was the, is the editor of Hot Rod? Yes, editor yes, the editor of Hot Rod, so Hot Rod magazine. Just, just to just to kind of close that truck. loop yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, and now my buddy Tim had that car. Well, he passed away. I got that truck. So okay. I and it's now back in Iowa and it's not happy. It's <laughs> not happy at all. Iowa winters because it has to sit outside and it's like, what are you doing to me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fifteen <laughs> below zero out here. You know, it starts and runs, but well, it's good. it's still not very happy. So yeah. yeah, I yeah. guess you'd have to build a bigger garage. That's it. I'm going to have to build a bigger garage. You got to put yes, your lift in there somewhere. I, right? Yes, yeah, I that's have the to next do that. thing. That's, yes. that's going to. Yeah, so there's well, lots well, of big I, plans. I, don't, I haven't quite figured out how we're going to pay for it all, but that's okay. Uh, that's we'll part we'll of make deal. it work. We'll that's make it, it work. Yeah. Well, well, Gary, this has been uh, really fun. It has it been a pleasure. Are we missing yeah. anything? Is there anything you want to no, talk about? No, I think we've pretty much we covered, covered it all. all. That's it. Yeah. We've covered yeah. it all. I'm going to go meet your son. I didn't know you had a son. I'm gonna I have got to go. He's in the booth, right? I refer to him as my stunt double. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds I, I, great. I let him do all the stupid stuff That's now. perfect. I don't have to. Well, I'm sure he appreciates it. Outstanding. That. That's, what, that's, what, that's what kids are for. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Do you know where uh, I met you the first time? Um, Phoenix. 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 Phoenix, Arizona, we, we, Super uh, Chevy Sunday Super Chevy Sunday. Because wow. the funny part was that the woman who is currently my wife mm -hmm. was in charge of the ticketing and the whole bit. So I get to Phoenix, 
and I find her by the hotel. Don't read into that. But anyway, so I find her by the hotel, and I said, so where are my passes? She goes, well, I gave you passes when we were in L.A., and I go, like, well, I gave those away. <laughs> so, so she goes, uh, all right, so she gives me a pass, but now I've missed my ride to Phoenix. I rode in the back of your El Camino. Back of my El Camino. Cheated death. Rode in the back of the El Camino. <laughs> With in, in January. With, oh, my goodness. Jan, we were in Janu January, February. It was cold. It was, it was super oh, cold. I rode in the back of that El Camino. And you still have that El Camino. I still have it. Because I saw it at the shop. Yeah. But I, yeah. jo I joke with my wife. It was like, uh... Yeah, that, that, oh, I took, actually took a picture of it, and I said, do you remember this? And she goes, no, because I wasn't in the back of it. Says, you were. So there you go. So, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've owned that. That's my 69 SS 396 El Camino. Yeah. I've always said, as you know, my dad was really a pretty cool dude. Yeah, He absolutely. thought that a great first car for a 16-year-old kid was an SS 396 El Camino wow. nice. with a four-speed. Very cool. With a four-speed. With a wow. four-speed. He thought wow. that was a good car right. to learn in. He clearly had no <laughs> trust issues. So there you go. There you yeah, go. Exactly. Anyway, but that's exactly. great. I still own it today. Yeah. It looks great, too. It, it looks great, too. Yeah. Well, Gary, it's been great. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. So, uh here we are again. We're at the Grand National Roaster Show. We have to thank the guys from the show to help us that help us put this whole thing together. Right. And shout uh, out to Kevin Doyle and uh, Kevin Doyle, especially at Ken, and yes. and also to our sponsorship ARP-Bolts.com yep. and uh, the guys, the great guys there behind us that have sponsored us and really do a fantastic job. Yep. And uh, so we actually just got here, did this interview. Yep. We haven't had a chance to walk the floor yet a little bit. I want to see the cars. Absolutely. You know, we Doesn't saw the car right, Troy Ladd's car right out right outside. Our, our our little area here exactly. and it's like wow and this is and and strope already said like that's nothing <laughs> look at this other stuff you know not that it's right. not nothing it's spectacular so we're gonna go tour the show that's here right. a little bit should we then, do the magic eight ball again see if it did we, any better anything be get better you you're really tempting I'm fate tempted. here you realize I am, I am, all right all right here we go what does it say it's hold uh, level uh, maybe can you read that <laughs> it says it says, buy a Camaro. Buy a Camaro. I'd <laughs> <laughs> right. like to introduce you to a new sponsor of ours. This is InTheGarageMedia.com. Some friends of ours that were in the print magazine business before and now started their own books. we got All Chevy Performance, Classic Truck Performance, and Modern Rotting. Yeah, these are awesome books. They've got uh, lots of uh, educational and entertainment things in them. And they're even good enough quality to include Steve Strope quality maybe, vehicles. Maybe. Uh, he's we'll working see if up I'm allowed it. in there. Right. I don't know. So in the garage media, in the garage media.com. Check them out. Check them out. Get your subscription, sit and read it. And with ARP, it's not just a lot of intake manifolds, uh, studs for heads, right. but they also have a humongous selection of American and metric that we use all throughout the car, even large bolts that we use on the suspension components because you want that same strength, that same durability and reliability, right. plus the beautiful looks. And, and stuff outside the catalog. Right. They have a special order program where if you're, if you're a builder and you need some special stuff made, they can do that for you. So it's an amazing, amazing company to work with. So check them out at arp-bolts.com or check out their catalog. You'll find everything you're looking for. We want to do something a little bit special here. Um, we lost a very good friend Absolutely. about three weeks ago. Yeah, about uh, that. Marlon Davis. Yeah. Uh, for those guys who read the magazines in the 80s, 90s, well, all the way through until just a few months ago, uh, Marlon Davis was the technical editor for Hot Rod Magazine, um, a good friend of all of ours. Yeah. All yeah. of ours. Absolutely. And a wonderful guy. And um, Super we, smart. I, Super yes, brilliant. Yes. Well, just a and, brilliant and, guy. And that was part of it. committed. Yeah. You know, oh, where, where yes. so, so we thought we, we have to do this. We have to talk a little bit about Marlon and, and we all have dozens of Marlon Davis stories. We do. Um, but uh, I, I want to kind of put all this in perspective for most, those of you who may not have ever met him. Um, if you've read his stuff, you've learned from him. We all did. He really set the bar. Yeah, he did. I mean, when I started doing technical stories for Carcraft in 1979, he was at right about that time was when he started writing somewhere. I'm not exactly sure, yeah, but, I, I but it was very yeah. clear that if you were going to write technical stuff and you were going to be accepted in the industry, you're going to have to meet this standard. Right. And he set the bar right. ridiculously it was dog, high. Dogged determination to get the yes. absolutely perfect. And, no and, errors. And, and, and yeah. So there were things about Marlon. Marlon was an acquired taste. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, 
social skills not yeah. necessarily the best, right. but that you know that really wasn't necessarily required. I heard they actually sent him to charm school. They did. They did. Lenny yeah. did. Lenny did. Lenny okay. did. Yes. Leonard Emanuelson. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, well, I think it, it's not so much that he failed. I, just, I don't think it took. He just didn't. He invested in him. You know, yeah. The deal was oh, that he knew that Marlon was this did. awesome guy. So we should talk yeah. about how it all started. So, so Marlon went to Cal State Northridge. Yeah. And um, I forget what his degree was in. But um, yeah. anyway, uh, he was neighbors with... Um, with uh, was that Dick Day? Dick Day. Yes. Up, up okay. in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. And, and Dick Day was... was Grand Poobah at Peterson. He was like Way a, up a there. boy executive vice president, something like that. Right. And in charge of basically all the magazines. Whenever later when I was there, if you got in trouble, you got in trouble through Dick Day. Right. You know, and so he, he, he was a taskmaster. Right. But anyway, he liked Marlon. And so there was no interview process. They just right. said, go to work for Hot Rod. And he started yeah. as a gopher. Basically, right. go do this, run these cars around, fill these up with gas, do whatever we got to like do. 76, something like 77. that? 77. 77. 77. Okay, very so good. So it was about two years before I started. So, right. um, uh, and then he just evolved from there. And then I think they took a chance on him to write a couple of stories. And, and he just put 110% right. into it. And really, that stuff was Right. Just pretty much his entire right. life. Those tech guides where you see all the part numbers and everything that you would obviously yep. know from yep. Losi. Sure. Look, uh, he would do, he, he would, had, it would be perfect. He had all was, of last, the, if you walked in there in like 1985, he had all of last year's GM part number right. books. Because right. the guys, at the, his buddies at the Chevy dealerships, when they got their new parts books, they would give him his old ones. Yeah. So he had these reams and reams and reams of books. So, um, I mean, we could tell hundreds of right. Marlon Davis stories. I actually, when I became an editor Hot Rod, we did a thing with uh, Route 66 where we bought actually Lenny's old 62 Corvette, Leonard Manuelson, who had been the previous editor of Hot Rod. We bought his 62 Corvette. Mike Johnson put it back together for us. Right. And then we, I drove it out to Chicago. And then I put together a staff deal where like two guys would drive the car for, for a short period of time, park it, two more guys would fly out. Well, AmeriCruise, same uh, it idea. Kind of like because we because then the, we ended up doing that. Yes, yeah, this right. was right after. Right, well, you started that. Right. That was, that's at Carcraft. To you. Yeah. So um, anyway, so I wanted to get the whole staff involved. Well, nobody really wanted to go with Marlin, so I said, "Look, I'll go." So right. we did the last leg of the Marlin for uh, on Route sixty six, and uh, there was one time where I had to say, "You know, Marlin, I, I, can you just not can you be quiet for a while?" <laughs> Because you know, you're, we're in a '62 Corvette. I mean, we're almost rubbing shoulders, you know, for for three or four days, but but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And and the guy had the biggest heart in the world. He did absolutely the biggest heart in the world. He did. And um, well, prior to that ride, I was at Hot Rod, and in 1980 they had the Super Nationals, which were in Ohio, in mm -hmm. Columbus, Ohio, and they were giving away a truck. There was a raffle deal for a, uh, an F-150 that was built in Indiana, but they shipped it to L.A. And it had to go to Ohio. So oh Lee Kelly says to me, he says, you and Marlon need to drive that back to Columbus. Oh, so you went from L.A. to Columbus with well, Marlon. Right. And <laughs> at four days, four days, uh, uh, he was the CB king. Yes. He yes. absolutely insisted. And that insisted. was back when that was huge. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was big for him and, and annoying for me. But the capper, <laughs> but the, well, you, you want to know the capper to that is he walked onto the airplane with a six-foot whip antenna. When it, it was just, <laughs> back when just, you could do when that. When you could do that. Right? Yes. But, yes. Uh, but uh, the, con the bottom line was we had to drive it back without the speedometer hooked, unhooked. We had to un unhook the speedometer it. Right. in order to go back with no miles. Right. So anyway, right. so uh, Marlon figures out what he put, hooks a tack up to the distributor. So we got to figure the RPM and the whole bit. So, um, and he unplugs the, the uh, cable. And so we're driving back and we run out of gas outside of Kingman, Arizona, because the, the Ford, the Ford gas tank goes like the first half, 150 miles. Yeah. It doesn't even move. Yeah. The, the last 70 miles. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, so we, we felt we ran out of gas on, on the off ramp, you know, I had insisted on like getting gas. Marlins goes, no, we're good. But anyway, so, so we had to do that. <laughs> but the next day I get in the truck and I start to drive and I'm thinking, uh, it's pretty sluggish. I wonder what's going on. So Marlin, I'm thinking about my, my Camaro yeah. with the, you know, the Muncie transmission with a little small hole. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you ever pull the, the cable out, you just put a little piece of duct tape around it for a, an interim deal. So I said, um, how big is that hole? Is it like this? He goes, "Oh no, it's a great big hole like this." <laughs> I said, "Did you put a Did you put a cover on it?" He goes, "Oh no." no. So, I, oh, so no. it took like you know four 
cork. I don't know. It took a lot of transmission <laughs> fluid and some very careful uh, uh, taping on it. But we ended up going back. And the deal with Marlon on the CB deal was who's ever driving gets the radio choice. So he'd be CB all the time when he's driving. And with me, it's, you know, I play the radio, the maybe radio. nothing. Yeah. But yeah. then, of course, you have to listen to Marlon. But anyway, so, <laughs> so we go back. And the capper to the deal is we put it all back together. And we're taking the license plate off to give the truck away to the winner and it is completely covered with transmission fluid and bugs it's like the whole underside of the truck is, is lubricated wet, right? there's you know it's never gonna ohio, rust. Oh, yeah exactly ohio salted roads not but anyway so yeah, yeah. And, and the other the other funny deal with with uh, marlin is people would have fun with him they would tease him and they, it would be oh, okay. so we go to in was, the early years they were merciless yeah. absolutely merciless great i never just, i never bought into that i thought yeah. that was always fun but it so, was rough but, but you know what happened as a result yeah. of that? What he, what they did was they realized that he wasn't a whiner and he could take it yes. and he put up with it right. and, and he earned their respect as a result yeah. of that. So that that's really cool. But at the same time, it was a rough pot. It, it was. was. It was. T- uh, Joe Tethero would always tease him. And it was always funny because we, we went to some nice swanky Toyota dinner. Joe Tethero was head of Chrysler and then Chrysler PR, actually then Toyota, later. Chrysler, then Toyota. Okay. So he ended up at Toyota. So we're at this nice dinner and they serve vichyssoise. Which is cold soup. Cold soup. Cold soup. So Marlon gets up to go to the bathroom, and Marlon, and so Joe goes, let's all pretend like it's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> so we all, so Marlon comes back, up. and we're going, we're, we're, we're blowing on it. So be careful. The soup's, like, really yeah. hot. And then Marlon goes, mine's cold. Mine's cold. <laughs> <laughs> just the roar. You know, just, just – <laughs> It was good fun. It was and, good and, fun. And you know, he realized right away that yeah. he'd been had. You exactly. Know, so it was going like, yeah. so so. to good. But, but uh, Gary's got some stories too. I was yeah. going to say I met I met uh, Marlon originally through Jim Losey, another Losey story. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sure. But our paths have crossed many times over the years, and uh, I got to know him really well when I worked at Gullstrand. Mm-hmm. And one of the funny things was is the, those of you guys that know Marlon, he was a little bit on the nervous side. So when you'd stand there and talk with him, he'd kind of do this rocking back yes. and forth as he was talking. Well, <clears throat> I caught on to that, you know, real early with, with my friendship with him. And so what I would do is I would sit there and I would keep rocking with him and see if I could get him to spin a full 360-degree <laughs> circle while we're having a conversation. And, and, of course, he's not picking up on this he's at all. He's not picking no, up on it. but what not, was funny, he's focused on what he's doing, yeah, right? But yeah. what was funny is one time it was Dick Gullstrand, myself, and Marlon, and we're walking in a circle. <laughs> and about an hour afterwards, Gullstrand comes up to me and he says, what were you doing? <laughs> and I explained it, and he laughed because he thought it was funny. <laughs> that was funny. But the other Marlin story that also comes up with the Gullstrand era, which also comes up with the early of him first starting at Hot Rod, is that, as I remember the story, is that Emanuelson was calling ahead and he was sending Marlin out to meet some of the people in the industry. This is like his first few months of being involved with Hot Rod so Magazine. Introduce him to all the manufacturers introduce him to and the companies. People and, and manufacturers yeah. and stuff. Sure. But he was calling ahead and say, when you introduce yourself, say, hi, Melvin, nice to meet you. <laughs> okay? So by the time he had got to Gullstrand, he was like, I can't believe it. Everybody's calling me Melvin. My name is Barlin. He's just having kind of like he had just completely lost it with Gullstrand. So although every time he showed up to Gullstrand, it became a running joke between him and Dick. It was, hi, Melvin, how you doing? Yeah. Because he yeah. realized by that time that it was he had been had. They yeah. had been playing games with him yeah. and right, going back right. to. And, but and it was clean fun. Yes, I mean, yeah. yes. Yeah, it was. And, and, it was. and Marlon was the kind of guy that, that just would, you know, trust you and, and, and trust everybody. Yeah. And, and, you know, once you realized that, you know, you got past the, the social quirks, let's put it that way, um, and, and, and realized that there's, right. there's no danger here. He's, you know, right. he's just a, a genuine, he's, wonderful right. guy. He was, he was socially simple, but technically amazing oh, yeah. and, and, and complex. Just, and like I so, said, set the bar so high. So when yeah. I was doing, you know, tech stories and stuff, it's like, well, I've got I've to I've got to do my research. He because, rose. He put oh the bar God. up high. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, and so you know, uh, when you're saying w- the other thing he would do is he was real good on fact checking. 
Yes. And so I would get a phone call at 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Okay, we got to realize this is 20 years ago. So this is before cell phones. So you can't look at it and say, oh, it's Marlon. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yes, because so you if you... pick the phone up. Because if now, if the phone says Marlon, you know that's going to be an hour conversation right. or more. Yes. And so he would have... He was fact-checking an article he was working on. It was suspension-related or something that I knew about. Mm -hmm. But he would call up in the middle of the night... And then you go, okay, Marlon, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. I need to go to bed. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I got one more question. <laughs> yeah. That's one him. One more question. Yeah. yeah. Okay, one more quick question. Yeah, one, one more, more quick, quick question. Story. One more, one more yeah. Well, and what then, do you think of? Yeah. yeah. And then and then uh, I can remember one time we were at Duttweiler's, and uh, another, another good friend of mine, Ed Taylor, was yeah. there with us. And Kenny's there, and Marlon calls. And Kenny's on the line, and Marlon needs a photograph of this block that he knows that Kenny has. And, and, and he's talking to Marlon for a couple of minutes, and he just goes, he finally just goes, here. <laughs> he hands the phone to me. It's, it's Marlon. Can you deal with this for me, please? <laughs> yes, sir, no problem. There you go. And uh, so Marlon needs a photograph, right? So yep. I, I, this, this should be very simple, but it never is. Never simple. Never so simple. we set it all up. We get the block where he needs it. We, yeah. I take the photo. I fire it off to him, you know, about 20 minutes later, I get this phone call. It's like, okay, now I need you to move it like 10 degrees this way and shoot it again. <laughs> it's like... Why? He said, well, I'm, I'm doing these things. I need separate photos. Yeah. Okay. He's a perfectionist. So then, and then it was, but then it was back to the other way again. He says, can you light this a little bit differently? And I went, no. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Exactly. Because it'll only take a couple of minutes. Yeah. And be, he, was, he would never get offended because, right, yeah. you, you know, and it was like, Marlon, Marlon, do you have the photo? He goes, well, yeah. I said, well, can you Photoshop it? Well, yeah, but it's better if you shoot it better. And I went, I get it. <laughs> you know, I have stuff I got to do. I'm here to do a story. I'm working for you right now. Yeah. I go, oh, okay, okay, That's okay. Awesome. And it was fine. It was, awesome. fine. It was but, but well, that was Marlon. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. And he would get, because I knew that if we didn't stop it there, another hour would go by yeah. and I would have shot, you know, nine different photos. Reminds me of somebody. <laughs> yes. Anyway, actually, I have had friends who yeah. said, you know, and I've told them, I said, if I ever start doing this, yeah, right. There you, <laughs> you know, there you go. Put your hand on my shoulder. Exactly. Just, so, just exactly. watch out that you don't look at the whole room as you walk around. <laughs> exactly. It's covering so it up. We, we could go. More. We could go yeah. on forever. We really could. We love yeah. Marlon to death. I'm. I'm. We do. I'm. I'm really sad. Really sad. It happened very, very quickly. It was pancreatic cancer. Um, and uh, we, we've lost, right. and, and this is going to keep happening because we're that age now, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, Ed Taylor, we lost him yeah. um, just recently this week. So, yeah. um, But I felt that this was really important right. to do this for Marlon because um, right. uh, a really genuine friend and, and would do anything right. for you. I mean, the other side yeah. of the coin was right. if I asked for something, boy, right. it was right and on And we'll it. collect some more of these. We'll, we'll yes. interject some more things yes. as, we, yes. as we go so, along because he, he so, deserves it. So. You know, so wherever you are, Marlon, man, we love you. And, you, um, you know, this is for you.